Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. This actual play uses the Delta Green role-playing game rules by Arc Dream Publishing. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dunn, and for tonight's game, I will be your handler. You're all cordially invited to a night at the opera. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler this evening, Michael Diamond. I return with you, the audience, to Delta Green's Impossible Landscapes as we do a slight retrospective episode on what we're calling the night floors and our experience therein. And so at the top of the show, as I always like to do, I'd like to thank you, the listener, but most especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to see what we offer on Patreon and perhaps in the near future, assist or hinder our agents in what they might be able to find, I'd navigate you to patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well as several of our live shows are there, plus uh, all sorts of wonderful things for you to enjoy. And so now, players will take the stage, and we'll begin with introductions to my right. Hey, this is Miranda, and I play Aaron Weber, a.k.a. Agent Dartford, and I'm still pretty sure there was something wrong with that guy. I'm certain there was, too. Who knows if we'll ever figure it out. To Agent Dartford's right. Hi, I'm your friend Nate. I'm playing Elliot Winters, also known as Special Agent Oscar Bennett. I've got to find a perfect place on my wall for this new artwork. Indeed, a piece of the McAllister comes along with you. I'm sure you'll find the perfect spot for it. No question. And to Agent Bennett's right. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Joanne Hart, or as I'm known to our compatriots, Agent Ward. And I have a book that I will probably end up reading at some point. I look forward to seeing what happens when you do. And last, but most certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I am playing Brett Hawking, Young Buck. And I have five, six, seven notes on a piece of paper, barely a segment of music, but it's in my pocket. So I'd like to clarify one factoid that our listeners might be interested in. Before leaving the McAllister building... Did any one of our agents, most especially those agents who may have been in Abigail Wright's apartment, did any of them take the box of evidence that they had been cataloging in that apartment, or did they leave it where it was? Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to little details like that. The last thing I do before we leave that space is going to be just a once-over. And okay. if that box is left, it's coming with me. T- to turn into Marcus, of course. Certainly. I mean, why wouldn't you? So, after dropping off Roger at the hotel, after hearing the report on the radio, the agents are left with um, the balance of the day. There's sort of this weight that sits in the bottom of your stomach. It's this unknowing about what to do next. 
so much of the past couple of days have been built up with to Abigail Wright, even though that that's now completely unresolved, you still were able to accomplish your, the main thrust of what Marcus laid out for you, which is catalog the shit that doesn't make any sense and absolutely destroy it. Take it off the board. And you've accomplished that. And so there is some silver lining in it. And I can imagine after the adrenaline wears off, Agent Bennett, you're probably pulling into a uh, local diner or a deli that you know of in the area just to get a little bit of um, perspective on the day. And the diner is, uh, at this point, two o'clock, sort of a dead period for a lot of diners. The lunch crowd has long since moved on. Dinner crowd and the late night folks won't be around for a few hours. And so the ceiling fans spin at a different speed. Light staff members and the day's specials are still available to you. So we'll open our camera lens there on our four Delta Green agents, our O'Cell, sitting around a table booth here in a New York diner. It's the first cups of coffee are poured. You try to figure out what the fuck just happened. Do you think we got rid of it? Oh, I don't think there's anything left there. Do you think the upstairs is gone? Based on what we heard on the news, hope. The whole thing and more is gone. We did a number on that block. Yeah, but it seemed like it was out of place. Well, if it's still there, we can't get back to it. No one can get back to it. That's what's important, right? Yeah, keeping people out of it does seem to be the most necessary thing to do, right? Did y'all get the sense there was a weird connection between where we were in the night floor and here. And I I wonder if what we did here, I wonder if it caused the same kind of thing over there. I wonder if that place is even standing still after we blew up this one. That's, that is what I meant. Oh, I just got a picture a door opening three stories up out of the darkness and someone just falling and hitting, a, hitting the destruction. Well, I mean, after everything that we saw up there, would that necessarily be a bad thing? I don't know. You don't know how many other innocents might have been trapped over there. We don't know if that weird, creepy night watchman was telling the truth and Abigail was happy that she was over there. I mean, based on what we saw of David, right? If you come in from the outside, you probably weren't okay. Maybe. I mean, David seemed to have wandered in there. He's a cable guy. Abigail seemed to make her way, maybe intentionally. Maybe all of them were trying to make their way intentionally to that other space, that other place. David doesn't exist. The creepy night watch dude doesn't exist. To you, to anyone else, to the rest of the world, none of that exists. Well, no, it's not like I'm going to be going screaming it from the rooftops. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, none of this comes with us emotionally, physically. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. It doesn't fit into the rest of this world. I don't know how you all intend 
to walk away from the last couple of days back into your normal life and go, oh, last Tuesday, I was on the fifth floor of a three-story building. The only way that shit works for me is that when it's over, it's over. And then O'Neill gets up and goes to the restroom. I'm a little bored about that boy. Oh, I don't know. He seems like he can handle himself. Doesn't go away, though. He's fixing to lock that up in a, a bucket and throwing it in the well. That just poisons the well. Oh, he's forcing himself to be a time bomb. But he is young. He hasn't learned how to find a way to deal yet. Well, it's counting down. You better hurry up Skippy and figure that out before it's too late for himself. So what are we going to do the next time they call us? I imagine we do our job. I mean, do you think they have more of this shit in store for us? (laughs) Don't tell me that you think this was the only weird fucking thing in the world. There's got to be more. I don't know. We did a number of back there. They might not call us again. We did essentially blow up a whole shitty city block. Yeah. Is that necessarily a bad thing? And that very well could be. But at the same time, I feel like we would likely be called back because we kind of went above and beyond the instructions that were given to us. We didn't just burn the stuff that was weird. We literally blew it up to get rid of it. And more. And I think the worst thing would be if we don't ever get a call back. And this is it. That'd be the worst thing for me. Yeah, I have to agree with you. There's a threshold that we stepped over. You don't really go back through that door as if nothing happened. And I think all of us have souvenirs. It's going to make it hard for us to forget any of that. And I think this has changed. It's changed me. But it also feels a little bit like a purpose. Or something, which is always, always a mistake. It's always a mistake to think that there's a purpose and a meaning and a reason. The job's a job, the mission's a mission, you just do it. But I can't help myself right now. There feels like there was something more. Yeah, but don't you feel reinvigorated? I don't want to, but yes. Like, that's the thing, right? Where we did something and I have too many questions to just pretend nothing happened and I have a reignited passion for trying to find something that was lost O'Neill you come back from the bathroom I've obviously put water on my face my hair is a little damp I open my can of skull and you can smell the mint and tobacco or the menthol and tobacco but it is completely empty So I leave it on the table, sit down beside the rest of you, and go, I have the evidence box in the trunk of my car. I'm going to drop it off wherever Marcus wants me to, or burn it. I don't really give a shit. I feel like he's just going to tell you to burn it. I don't give a shit. I hope, quite honestly... I never see any of you again. No offense. 
but that would be my desired outcome. Oh, absolutely none taken. We're at a diner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for a waitress because I want pie. You get your pie. Uh, so the agents after their time at the diner are gonna go their separate ways. I'm gonna ask three questions just to be clear. Is anyone deciding to take the step of giving someone else a method to contact them? No. Yeah. I see a no from Agent O'Neill. I'm giving my contact information to Bennett. Elliot will give his business card to Ward, will offer his business card to Ward, to Dartford, to O'Neill. It, it seems like there's only one person taking that card. Oh, no, I'll take the card. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the group will learn that Agent Bennett is actually Special Agent Elliot Winters. He's uh, the biggest surprise is that he's local. He sounds a little too country, probably, to be somebody from New York City. But that said, Ward and Bennett exchange contact information, which is also somewhat interesting. The agents are going to end up going their separate ways. Okay. And so what I want to do is I want to get a look at each one as they re-enter their life. And of course, because she was our first agent of OCEL, we'll begin with Dr. Aaron Weber, who gets a chance to reconnect with her daughter after such a harrowing experience, and likely Adam, her ex-husband. So you're going to get the opportunity then to get... Uh, have your daughter return? Or I guess my question to you, the player would be, is Erin the type of person who would leave from this and look for her daughter to help ground her and give her that safety and security and go to Adam's mom's house? I don't know that Erin would. I don't think Erin, as much as she loves her kid, wants to be around her kid in her current state. Okay. Okay, so how long are you going to let time pass a couple of days oh not long i mean i would call i just wouldn't be like oh i'm gonna go pick her up like i'm not just gonna drive over there go home get my shit together and then call okay so respectfully to you agent weber getting your shit together might take more than an hour mm, well i know that okay i'm not saying it's a 10 minute shower i'm gonna go i'm gonna sit with my birds for a little bit away from these people that I've been in this really harrowing, weird, confusing situation with, probably have a drink, straighten my head out slightly, and then call. Rather than just driving over there while I'm still in a complete state of fucked up and picking her up. Your energy level dims quite a bit after the birds, after the shower, after the drink. You can feel the the weight of the hours and days previously hit you pretty hard. It doesn't send you like into nap time or anything by any means, but picking up the phone and, and trying to get a hold of your daughter takes a little energy build for you. Uh, but you do so. Uh, you call and get a hold of Adam's mom. And Adam's mom puts Holly on the phone. And the first sentence out of her cute little mouth is enough to just sort of just send you into an emotional roller coaster because she says with the innocence of the 11 year old that she is she says 
Mom, where have you been? Hey, sweetie, I got so caught up in work there was something that was insanely important and I'm I'm sorry that I wasn't there. Graham and I have watching television. Oh, what have you been watching? Matlock. Oh, that's nice for you and Grandma. Yeah, and she likes As the World Turns and General Hospital. Do you like As the World Turns and General Hospital? I've been playing with my dolls. Okay, that makes more sense. But I like Matlock. Oh, all right. Well, uh, maybe we can watch it together sometime. Um, I was going to come by and pick you up. Okay. I just had lunch a little while ago. Grandma made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's great. I'll, I'll be by. I'm on my way right now as soon as we hang up the phone. Okay, okay, okay. She's, you hear her like begin the sequence of buys, which is sort of something that Holly does where she says bye and then she will turn the phone away from her because she knows that it creates an echo and she'll say bye. And you can sort of hear the echo and she continues to say bye until she gets real, real close to the phone and she says bye, bye, and she hangs it up. It is so sweet that you weep after she hangs up uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I even hang up my side of the phone before that happens. I'm just sitting there with the dial tone going in the background. Yeah, the the hardest part at at this point for you is to reconcile the mother who's going to go pick up her 11-year-old daughter is the same person that blew up a building. That's tough. Yeah. But that's life. So... We'll leave you there, Dr. Weber, and we will turn to our next agent, and that is Agent Elliot Winters. So, uh, Agent Winters, how are you spending the rest of your day? I've got two errands to run. So the first, uh, assuming I've I've recovered my car and I can get around the city, I'm going to head up to the Strand bookstore. 18 miles of books or something like that. Look for a clerk or someone that works there. Hey, you find one. Excuse me, uh, sir. I'm looking for um, a book for my daughter. She's she's 11. It's the one where the kid, actually, I think it's a whole family and they go into like a different world and there's like animals. There's like rabbits and stuff. No, there's a, what is it? A tumble? Tummy? Right when I, what was that? Tumnus. There's a Tumnus and a lion. You are, of course, talking about uh, a lion in which wardrobe. C.S. Lewis. He sort of turns you towards the section. Do you, do you know if there's anyone, one of these editions that has pictures? She has. I mean, she could read. She could read, but she likes pictures. Certainly, certainly. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. C.S. Lewis, a fantastic, fantastic choice. He points you to the uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Take a look at what's on offer and pick out the one that's trying to find maybe gilt edges or really cool pictures inside. Something something my Ellie would really appreciate. I'll grab it. Now, oh, one more thing. Uh, can I get this shipped from here? Is that a thing you, y'all do here? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Oh, great, 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 great. Head up to wherever that is. Grab a, hopefully probably have a stationery and write in a little note. Ellie, still working hard in the city. Just had the weirdest case. Sometimes these doors take you to 
really neat places and sometimes not. I hope you have some great adventures better than your old man. Maybe you can come visit sometime next next year, summer vacation. Ask, ask your mom. Love you, miss you, hope you enjoy. Sign by the postage, by the whatever it is. Put all that stuff in together, give it, hand it to the strand clerk or whoever's helping to have it shipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're happy to, sh- to gift wrap it, ship it out, that sort of thing. I do have to pull out a little book, one of my pockets, dress book from my pockets, and look up Ellie's mailing address. It's not something I have memorized. And then I put that together. And with that errand done, I'm going to take a deep breath and do something a little bit more difficult. I'm going to drive up to Astoria. Astoria is where Dottie lives. Mm -hmm. My wife. It's not where I live, but it's where she lives. And usually we, uh, we plan out these little meetings a little bit more, but I feel like I just got to go see her. And so I drive out to Queens and head into her neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm park look at the house for a second take another deep breath there's a car out front you don't recognize i am a police officer well at least i am a federal agent of the law i call in okay just trying to figure out who it is they run the plate it takes probably just just a minute or two to run the plate they come back uh, on the line yeah it's uh it's a late model cadillac it's uh, registered to a uh, Nicholas Penzer. Looks like he's from Queens. Guy's a local. Can't be far. Okay, driver's license comes back. Uh, no priors. Uh, he's, he seems fairly clean. I don't see anything here on record. Up to date. Um, driver's license. Um, had a moving violation about five or so years ago. Looks like he was doing 70 and a 55. You worried about him? Oh, someone else is worried about him. Sorry. I just want to make sure everything's on the up and up. Yeah, I think so. Call it a wellness check if, if, if we can. Sure. Yeah, I'll make the note. You don't need to make a note if, if, if you, I mean, I don't, you don't need to do that extra paperwork. I'm just, I just want to make sure that the story that I'm hearing is, is all right and, and do a swing and just swing by. I'm not even going to go in. No problem. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm going to go to Nicholas's house. Okay. You head to Nicholas's house. It's about three or so miles away, give or take. Break a window. Go in. Okay. And take a snoop. So uh, Nicholas's house is not far from the uh, University of New York, Queens College. Uh, he has a real nice place, actually. And uh, two-story brick. Enough, enough uh, place to park three or four cars if he wanted to. Long driveway. Uh, still in a residential spot, not out in some place that's too expensive. But um, house is real nice. He's got a law degree on the wall that you notice. He uh, seemingly lives alone. It looks like it's a three-bedroom house. One's been converted into a gym. The other one is, seems to be some sort of uh, guest bedroom. The um, 
primary bedroom is pretty well appointed. Uh, there's even uh, an office there. You snoop your way into, and it looks like maybe just by looking at the paperwork here, it looks like maybe he's uh, getting ready to run for uh, some sort of public office. It's a lot of um, a lot of mock-ups of uh, flyers and that sort of thing. This uh, this guy's financially stable. Just put it that way. Maybe well off. Maybe just a little under well off. I'm gonna go into his closet. I'm gonna collect up all his real nice things. I'm gonna put them in the bathtub. Then I'm, whatever I find in that refrigerator, I'm gonna dump it in. Hopefully, there's some orange juice. Maybe there's some milk. Whatever. Then I'm gonna go to my one bedroom economy, hotel, motel, long stay, living. And I'm get on get on the bed, and I'm gonna try and remember that rage that passed over me when I beat the shit out of David. It's not hard to find the rage, not in this moment. The uh, indignation, the sheer ferocity that sits inside of you, chained to a wall, because you have to be careful, especially with all the things that you've been through. But you find it. What do you do with it? Handler, I revel in it like a pig in shit. The best part for you is that it feels good afterwards. Feels good to exercise that very specific demon. And I'll leave you there, Agent Winters. All right, Miss Hart. What do you do after that diner? Well, I'm going to have to get on a plane Mm -hmm. to get back home. And... I'm going to read that book during my flight. Are you now? Yeah. Okay. 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 I can get down with that. You peruse that book. So A World Without Doors is a book written in English. It is written by a lady named Emmeline E. Fitzroy. It's published by a company called Torbit Books. That cover is a striking image of an imposing palace tower inverted above a city in which seemingly there are no doors. On the flight, you read a story. The book mostly concerns a little girl named Abby and her journeys to a magical unnamed land. She travels there by drowning herself. In a world without doors, she battles a nameless foe called the Phantom to free people from something she calls the dance, a music which forces people to live boring, repetitive lives. If caught, she escapes the world uh, without doors by drowning herself, only to appear back on Earth. Uh, She returns again and again, and in the end, the Phantom is defeated, but the girl soon realizes the city is collapsing into chaos without the song. She puts on the mask, becomes the phantom, and begins the song again. It's a harrowing tale. By the end of the flight, the flight attendant has to shake your arm a little bit because the plane's been on the tarmac and everybody else has exited. You've been stuck reading here in your seat. Uh, once that happens and I'm kind of like, jolted out of the 
like stupor that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pack that book away real fast whenever I pull my carry-on down. And I'm gonna grab a taxi back to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna slide that book onto my shelf after I write down the name of the author on a piece of paper because now I have one more person to find. Emmeline Fitzroy. Very well. And so we come to NCIS agent Brett Hawking. Agent Hawking, why don't you tell the audience what you do, evidence box and all, after the diner? Can I text Marcus? You don't think so? Okay, I'll call Marcus. Okay. Hey, he picks up the phone. After a couple of minutes, he picks up the phone. I saw it. Is everybody okay? Yeah, everybody's fine. Uh, people in the building were not in the building. They were in a hotel. They were in the impression the place was being investigated for a gas leak. Good. I have a box of shit here from the apartment. Do you want it? Do you want it burned? What do you What do you want with it? No, we need to burn it. Okay. It's pretty clear after what I heard from you that this place is better gone. And that means anything in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got this. Okay, do you need anything else from me? No, we'll be in contact. Yeah, and in, in O'Neill's heart, lungs, internal organs, gallbladder... Regular bladder, everything just drops 20 feet into the ground at I'll be in contact and they just choke out. Okay. And then they don't even like feel the fact that they hit the end button like on the phone. Well, I guess I got to go start a fire somewhere. There's often just more than enough space around uh, garbage cans, abandoned lots, etc. Yeah, I'm driving back down to Norfolk, so I'm just going to stop at like a KOA campsite or something on the way back and just, you know, go like I'm going to grill some burgers on one of the pre-made fire pits and just burn that shit and then then walk away before anyone asks questions. Easy enough to do. The drive back to Norfolk is long. It gives you way, way, way too long to think about things. First hour or two is probably one that you can probably get through easily. But as the road and the time drags on, it gets harder and harder to get away from your own brain. You do get a report on the news before you've completely left New York that it does appear, at least from what the New York Fire Department is saying, is that it's a gas leak that caused the explosion of this building. And while there is significant damage to the surrounding buildings as of 5 p.m they're not reporting any additional casualties well, that's good okay that makes sleeping at night easier and i'm only listening for that that's i don't give a shit about anything else i am literally just searching for ways to make myself feel better about that like to justify it in my head and all that kind of shit I mean, I don't mind blowing stuff up. Like, we've blown up old things in the Navy and dumped things overboard and done all kinds of shit, but 
not like a building in an American city. So like that's a different thing somehow. It's going to be about six hours in the car for you. Can I listen to my favorite music that I seek solace in? Sure. I grew up with my mom playing classic surf rock tunes. So that's like a regression point for me to deal with trauma. So if I'm listening to that or fumbling with those bass lines, it's because, you know, that's self-soothing. Okay. You listen to some probably 50s and 60s music that includes a, a fair amount of surf rock. You likely have a, you know, a zip-up case of CDs that are available to you that sits in the driver's uh, or the passenger seat where you can thumb through your selections. You don't get back to Norfolk and, more importantly, to Bath until very late at night, probably 11 or 12. But the lights in your place are on. That's cool. God, it's late. I guess I'm going to hustle in there. You hustle in. Uh, Beth is sitting in the front room watching television. and She has a amazingly huge grin on her face when you walk in. (laughs) Why are you smiling? She stands up. It's so good you're home. And she sort of walks towards you and embraces you in a warm hug. God, how was everything in New York? Um, boring. Absolutely mind-numbingly boring. Hey, did you hear about that uh, explosion? What? No. Yeah, like, just as I was leaving, like, um, another one of those gas leaks or something. But no, like, the meetings were boring. Um, it was just uh, things that could have been you know, a phone call instead of an actual meeting. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine, though. I mean, like, you go to those things to get ahead, so it's fine. It's whatever. I'll have to write up a report. Do you think there's, like, a promotion in this, or...? I mean, like, I'm hoping for something more than a firm handshake, you know, and an attaboy, but, like, I'm gonna try to write up what I learned in the conference, in the meetings, and then do a, do a presentation in the office. And hopefully that will be, you know, like lessons learned and shit. So they like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What are you, what are you up to? What are you, what are you, you, what have you been doing? I've been waiting for you to get home. That's cool. Is there a, did I, did you, did you, um, VCR that deep space nine episode while I was gone? Did I record a Deep Space Nine? Of course I did. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, I don't want to. That's good. All right. Well, I mean, like, it's late tonight, but like tomorrow I could just like grab a Pizza Hut and we could catch it. Sure, sure. She uh, walks towards the kitchen. Do you want to get a drink or something? Yeah, but it's going to knock me out. Like, you know me. I'm like a one one drink person <laughs> you hear something you you hear something you haven't heard in Beth from Beth in a little while and that is she giggles 
It's very strange. She walks into the kitchen. She's like, yeah, let's have a drink. And so she sets out two glasses. And in one, she very clearly pours some sort of tequila or rum, whatever, whatever Brett would keep around that would be sort of his drink. Um, and then in the other, she very clearly pours a glass of water. Okay, so I'm not an idiot. No, no. So I'm going to just look at her and I'm going to raise eyebrows and be like, okay, what's going on? Well, it's not a good idea for me for the next several months to do any sort of drinking. Holy fuck. Are you serious? I mean, I've taken two tests. I think I'm pretty serious. Holy fuck. This is no, this is good. This is good. This is I'm excited. I'm ex- uh, holy fuck. I get like a little high pitched. I'm like, this is this is this is OK. This is good news. This is good news. Well, now I have to get a promotion. Yeah. Yeah. She runs over and hugs you. You have to. And you'll be drinking for the two of us. I'm going to shoot the tequila and just like cough. Yeah. You cough all over the place. I'll be like, all right, we got this. Good. This is good shit. We got this. So we'll close the curtain there on the Hawking family, as it may soon come to be known. And we'll close the book on the night floors officially. So I hope you, the audience, and you, the assembled cast have enjoyed the story to this point. There is more coming from Ocell in the future. And so I would simply like to say good night and thank you for listening. 